0: You're listening to a powerful message from Pastors Jeremy and Miranda Nelson at the Love Revolution Conference, hosted by C3 Church Tugler. Get ready to have a life-changing encounter with Christ. this conviction that the gospel is to be preached with demonstration. And the reason why I got that conviction is because when I read the gospels, that's how Jesus did it. See, everywhere Jesus went, the Bible tells us, you know, that he was preaching and he was teaching. And, um, and not only that, but he was healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And he was setting people free, thus revealing the love of his father. Amen. And so anyway, everywhere we go, that's what we like to do. Um but this morning I I, I wanna I want to talk to you guys. I've I've got a, a very specific word actually for, for C three Tugra and, and for you guys as a congregation. Also I believe a, a word for even what God is doing in, in Australia and in the C three movement. I, I believe God is the God of justice. How many how many know that? How many know God is the God of justice? And not only is He the God of justice, but but God is the God of love. And you see, what God wants to do in this season, in this hour, is God wants to begin to empower His church. And in fact, I believe God is about to raise up a generation of what I call dread champions. Some of you are like, what is a dread champion? What what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you. You're going to understand here in a moment because I'm going to explain. But a dread champion is this. The word dread, in the Webster's Dictionary, it means this. It means to cause a sudden fear or panic to come upon somebody suddenly. And you see, what God's about to do is God's about to raise up champions in the church. Sons and daughters who know who they are in Christ. And what's going to happen is they're going to carry the dread of who God is. And it's going to come upon God's enemies. And you see, everywhere they go, they're going to be those that carry, if you would, a demonstration of God's power and a demonstration of God's love. And when they come in contact with the enemy, I'm telling you, the enemy is going to fear who they are. And you see, God is raising up a generation who's going to be victorious in this hour and in this season, both young and old. and, and, And God is going to begin to equip His church and empower His church through the principles of justice to become these dread champions that I'm talking about you see, the Bible is full of stories uh, where we see champions that God raises up and, and and we see that they're carrying this anointing of God's Spirit upon their life, even so strong that it's not them that are afraid of the devil, but the devil is afraid of them. I mean, think about, you know, in the book of Joshua... You know, chapter 2, it, it, it talks about how Joshua sent out spies into the land of Jericho. And they went in they went into the land. And, and when they were there, there was a harlot by the name of Rahab. And she hid these two men in her home for, you know, a, a bit. And, and as she was um, hiding these men from the king that was trying to search them out, she told them, she said, the reason why I've hidden you here is because I want you to remember me when you guys take the city. And this is what she says. This is amazing. She actually says this. She says, we all know that you guys are going to take this city because the dread of your God has fallen upon us. She said this, the reputation of the God that you serve and the mighty victories that he's brought to you in your camp against your enemies, that reputation, it's already preceded your coming and we already know we're defeated. See, I want you to understand something. The devil is already defeated, friends. We're not waiting for victory. We're not in a place where we're saying, Oh God, uh, help us have it. No, we have victory in Christ Jesus. Because he defeated the devil on the cross once and for all. And He, when he rose from the dead, he gave us the keys of the kingdom. He gave us authority so that we can begin to, if you would, have victory over the devil every single day of our lives. But I want you to understand something. How many of you know that the devil, he doesn't always play fair, does he? In fact, if the devil is who he says he is, I'm telling you, he's pretty he pretty much likes to attack us. He likes to try to come with deception. He likes to try to to, to hinder us from believing in who we are in him and who our Father is in our lives. You see, I want you to understand something. One of the greatest attacks in this generation... That the devil is trying to bring is this, is he's trying to, he's trying to taint the reality of who God the Father is in your life. And the way that he does that is he attacks you, and, and, and then what, what he does is, is he, he speaks lies. And what I'm saying is this, is that there's many people in the church who have been derailed from their faith because they've believed a lie of the enemy. Because maybe the the devil has attacked a family member with sickness or disease or or, or maybe, you know, something happened to someone's finances. Or maybe you've had friends or family that have turned their backs on you. And we look at that and we go, man, if God loved me, why would he allow this to happen? See, I want you to understand something. God wants us to begin to see clearly because it's all about perspective, friends. See, if the devil is who God says the devil is in the Word of God, then we need to put the blame on the right person, but too many people are blaming God for the devil's work. And you see, the Bible says in, you know, John 10.10, it it says this, it it says that the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus Christ came that we might have life and life abundantly. So what are the works of God and what are the works of the devil? Well, according to that scripture, the works of God are that Jesus came that we would have life. And that we would have abundant life in every manner, in every way. But what are the works of the devil? He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. And you see, we have to recognize that. Because those are the weapons of his warfare that he comes to try to deceive us. So that we won't believe that God wants to give us an abundant life. So that we won't believe that God is good in heaven. That he gives good gifts to his children. So that we won't believe and have hope in our lives and faith that God is who he says he is to us. You see, I'm telling you, God's about to raise up an army by the principles of justice and by uh, by people coming into a clear understanding of what the Word of God says about their lives and about their situation. And you see, I'm telling you, the devil, he, he, he knows his time is short and that's why he attacks, that's why he, he steals, that's why he tries to kill, and that's why he tries to destroy. But did you know you've got a father that loves you so much he will not allow the devil to get away with it. See, I had a dream... Just about a year ago, a year and a half ago, the Lord began to speak to me and and the Lord began to talk to me about how He's about to raise up an army and He's about to do it through the principles of justice. And, And God began to speak to me about how what He wants to do, what He desires to do in this season is He desires to take the attacks of the enemy that have been coming against His church and to actually cause those attacks to become momentum and fuel for breakthrough in the believer's life. And you see, the way that works is this. We gotta understand principles that govern the kingdom of God. We gotta understand principles out of the word of God that, that give us, you know, uh, that give us breakthrough. And so anyway, here's how it started. I had this dream. And in the stream, I was in this large bunk room. It was like uh, it was like an army facility. I knew it was like a basic training center for the Army of God because I was in this large room, and there were all these large bunk beds, and and, and there was this one window in the back of the room, and there were all these soldiers that were in these beds, and they were asleep and and, and they were they were they were just chilling out. And, and anyway, in the dream, I could see army fatigues at the foot of every bed. I could see boots and I could see weapons for warfare, just like an army would have. And, 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 and everybody was asleep. And I also noticed there was a, a night table, almost like, you know, this right next to each bed. And on that night table, there was all kinds of personal stuff. And I could see next to my bed, my night table. And on that night table was my watch, my ring, and my wallet it was just sitting there. And in this dream, as I'm in this place where I knew God was raising up an army, I see as this one window in the back of the room gets forced open, I watch as a thief breaks into the room and he, he walks in. And he starts running around and he starts actually with a big, he has this big uh, sack, you know, and he starts stealing the army fatigues, putting them in, starts stealing the boots, putting them in. He starts stealing everybody's stuff, all their personal stuff. And, and I'm watching it. It's like the, I'm the only one awake that's seeing this. And all of a sudden, I look over, and I notice he's coming towards me. And I'm thinking, okay, this guy's coming for my stuff. (laughs) And so anyway, I'm kind of like in the dream. I got one eye open, you know, but I'm acting like I'm asleep. And So the guy comes, and he comes to steal my watch, my ring, and my wallet. And he actually goes to grab it. But in the dream, I jump out of bed, and I put him in a headlock. And I I, I put him down, and, and he goes out. You know, I mean, I used to wrestle in high school, like in America... And, and so I got this guy in his headlock and he falls out, you know, and, and anyway, as, as he passes out, I think in my mind, you know what? I've got to alert my third, author- my authorities. I just have this knowing I'm in an army, the army of God. And I look over and there's a telephone. I, I run over and I grab the phone when I pick it up, I grab this phone, I pick it up and, and, and as soon as I pick it up, it's like the scene changes and I'm translated in this, this dream into a court case in heaven and standing in front of me behind a stand just like this is Jesus Christ. And he's dressed in white robes. And I'm telling you, I knew that I had come before the righteous judge of heaven and earth. And I'm I'm standing there before him and he's looking at me with the most ridiculous smile of like, man, you have no idea the breakthrough that you're about to come into. And then I look to the left of me, and there's the thief with his sack and everything. And he's standing there, and, and, and I, he's got his head down in sorrows. And Jesus looks at me, and he smiles, and he looks at the thief, and he, and he says this to him. He says, you've been caught red-handed in the act of stealing from my son. And he said, "Sevenfold justice must be rendered. And he slammed the court gavel down, and all of a sudden, angels were released out of the room. And all of a sudden, I woke up and and God began to speak to me. And he said, Jeremy, now is the time and now is the season where I'm raising up an army. And he said, I'm going to use the very attacks of the enemy, the things that he's stolen from them. He said, I'm going to use those things, those attacks to begin to empower them to overcome him. And he said, but what the church must begin to understand is this, they must learn how to cry out to me as the righteous judge of heaven and earth and ask me for justice. They must begin to catch the thief in the very act of his stealing. See, that's what I did, right? He came to steal my stuff, I grabbed him. And I called my authority. Who's our authority? It's Jesus. And the Lord began to speak to me about three areas in the body of Christ that he wants to release justice. And those three areas were the personal items on my nightstand. You know, the watch, the ring, and the wallet. How many know the devil has stolen time from some of us? God wants to restore time. God wants to bring justice in the area of time. How many know that God wants to restore relationships? That's what the ring is relationships, whether it's marriage or friendships or uh, people that, you know, left your life when you got saved. The other thing God wants to do is God wants to restore in the area of your wallet justice. What is that? Finances. Credibility. What's in your wallet? IDs. Identity. See, God wants to restore sevenfold justice in these areas of our lives. But what he wants us to learn is this. We have to cry out for it. And we have to make a claim in the courtroom of heaven by, by saying, God, Look what the enemy is doing. This is unjust. Give me justice for this. Give me justice for this. See, I'm telling you right now, God is a good father. And what he wants is he wants us as children to begin to recognize that goodness. He is not some father in heaven that's like, oh, I'm just going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to look at that. I want you to understand something. Jesus endured that so we would never have to. That's what the Bible tells us. It says that for a moment of time, the Father, He still loved the world. He sent His only begotten Son that He would die on the cross and raise from the dead. And you know what? There was that moment when God turned His back and all of hell came on Jesus. But you know what? Jesus conquered it once and forever right there. And He did that so you and I would never have to walk and live out of that orphan place and out of that place of, of abandonment where we don't know, where, where we can't sense God and His love. I'm telling you, God loves us so much. And what He wants us to do is to begin to see correctly. See, that's the that's the issue. Is People, they see through the lenses of their own understanding or they see through the lenses of religion. See, religion is what the devil wants us to believe, and that's this that you know we're 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 sinners saved by grace, just barely in the kingdom, by the skin of our teeth, and, and the, the devil wants us to focus on all the negative things in our lives. He wants us to focus on sin and all these things and how I many you know what you focus on you empower. See what God wants us to focus on is Him. He wants us to focus on his goodness, his love, his glory. He wants us to focus on Jesus. Did you know when Jesus was on the earth, he was not looking around going, Who sinned? You know? He was not, he was not walking around like pointing out. You know, he didn't prophesy going, You, I saw what you did. No, he was loving people. Why? Because the kindness of God leads to repentance. When we begin to reveal the heart of the Father, a generation begins to awaken, and they begin to realize who they are in God. And unsaved people begin to realize that they need God. And and I'm excited because I believe that God wants to revolutionize the way we think this morning. I mean, this is a Love Revolution conference and I've been talking all week about what a revolution is. A revolution is a far and drastic change in ways of thinking and behaving regarding a culture and a society. You see, God wants to shift the way that church operates. He wants to shift the way that our mindsets operate when it comes to, if you would, the way that He deals with us as sons. As daughters. Because if we understand His love, all of a sudden what happens is breakthrough happens. And you see, I believe what God wants is He wants to give us understanding of justice like never before. Justice. What is justice? I'll tell you what justice is. It's Keeps evil in check. It's recompensement for that which was wrongly done to you by the enemy. See, some of us we go, why, why is the enemy attacking me, right? And we we start to look at things and we go, God, what's going on? Like, why, why do we, why do you allow him to do that? And you know what? A lot of us uh, we we have these questions, and and the reason why they're there is because we don't understand what the Word of God says. See, we and, and and a lot of people they blame God for things that the enemy does. I do. Someone might die of sickness and they, all of a sudden they go, I don't have faith for miracles anymore or healing because God didn't heal my family member. If he really loved me, he wouldn't have allowed that to happen. I want you to understand something. The Bible says the devil's a thief. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. God doesn't do that. God's loving. I mean, it would make no sense, right? I've heard people, they say, oh yeah, well, you know, God's teaching me a lesson through the sickness. No, that's a, that's like the dumbest theology I've ever heard in my life. That makes no sense. Why would God send Jesus Christ right to come and heal every kind of sickness, every kind of disease? Why would he send him to become the savior of the world and to bring an abundant life and at the same time afflict someone with disease to teach him a lesson? See, Jesus, they accused him, even in the day that he walked and they said, you cast out devils by Beelzebub. Basically, they're saying, your works that are of God are of the devil. And you know what he said? A house divided against itself cannot stand. He said, how can the devil cast out the devil? Well, in the same way, how can God be afflicting people? Teaching them a lesson, right? And at the same time, Jesus healed them. That would be a kingdom divided against itself, which what? Could not stand. See, we need to see things from the right perspective. And I love it because that's what God's doing in this hour. And here's what God wants us to understand. He loves us so much that he wants to give us the keys to break through. See, the thing that causes the church to perish or to be destroyed, we were talking about this at lunch yesterday, is lack of revelation knowledge. And you see, God wants to give us knowledge and understanding according to the way He sees things. There's a difference between man's understanding and God's understanding. And you see, for some of us today, we've, we've got, if you would, almost like an escrow account stored up for us in heaven right now of blessing. And, and we've got, you know what's happened is the enemy has been attacking our lives and God's up there going, oh man, if you just cry out to me and ask me to help you because I want you to understand something, we have a free will. Do you know that God created us? with the gift of a free will to make decisions. And he did that so that, you know, he could test our hearts and he could see who's committed to him and who's not. And he could, you know, God, God is into relationship. God is into, if you would, giving us the ability to make decisions that will either prosper our lives or hinder our lives. And you see, for a lot of us, God is waiting for us to begin to decide to call upon him and to call upon who he is. And, and, and the problem is some people don't understand who he is. They don't understand who Jesus is beyond just the gospel of salvation. I mean, know oh, the gospel of salvation is what's preached in most churches in the world. I want you to understand this. I believe that yes, salvation is the number one greatest miracle of all times, and it will be. I mean, come on, eternal life. But once you get saved, there's more to life than just sitting in your pew or sitting in a seat. There's more to life than just I prayed a prayer one time, one time. You know, there, there's there's a, a a release of kingdom lifestyle. See, God's kingdom is so much bigger than what we understand and what we know, but at the same time, God's always giving us a little bit more so that we grow. And you see, Jesus did not preach the gospel of salvation. I've been talking about this all weekend. He preached the gospel of the kingdom of God. There's a big difference. There's only one scripture in the New Testament that even talks about being born again. Jesus said, you must be born again to enter the, the kingdom of heaven. You know what his message was? It was this. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we got to get this. The gospel of the kingdom message is what's going to usher in the second coming of Christ. The gospel of the kingdom message. That's what Jesus said. They said, when's the end going to happen? And he said to the people of his day, he said, you know, you could tell the signs of the skies when the skies are red and when it's going to rain. And he says, but yet you can't tell the signs of the times. And he said this, he said to them, you know, he, he said the gospel, the kingdom message must be preached to the ends of the earth. Then the end will come what is the gospel of the kingdom message? The gospel of the kingdom message is this, is that God wants heaven to invade earth. That's what Jesus said. He said, when you pray, pray like this, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I want you to understand something. If you have an affliction on earth, if the devil has come and he has has afflicted you with cancer, is that cancer in heaven? There is no cancer in heaven. Is there sickness in heaven? Disease in heaven, pain in heaven, poverty in heaven. So if the enemy's afflicted you with these things here on the earth, if you connect with a good God and a good King who is for you, not against you, how many of you know you begin to tap into His principles and His laws that govern the kingdom of heaven? How many of you know that there's nothing but blessing that's gonna come your way? See, so I want you to understand something. We gotta understand the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The king's domain. How many know that in the natural, a king, Has all authority and all power. With one word, it's either life or death. With one word, they could, all they do is speak a word and everybody obeys. Do you know that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? And if we get His yes and His amen, I don't care what devil is out there. I don't care if it's a little devil or a power, a principality that occupies a nation. Who cares? If Jesus says yes, that thing has to move. See, but we got to start thinking kingdom instead of just salvation. See, salvation is definitely what we're after. We need the lost to get saved, but once we're saved, we got to think kingdom. You see, kingdom would look at things like this. They would say, hey, How many know the Bible? There's a, there's a, a proverb. You know, it says, it says this it says, When the righteous rule, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the, the people mourn. Why? Because when the righteous rule, they'll do something about injustice in the land. And if something is not being dealt with that, that should be dealt with, they'll deal with it and that reputation of who they are in the righteousness of of of, of their decisions in the kingdom spreads as a reputation across that kingdom. And that's why there's leaders, you know, or there's kings in, throughout history that were loved and kings that were hated. But how do we know we serve the ultimate king? He's the king of glory and he's the king of love and... And what He wants is He wants the extension of His kingdom and His domain to be released to us. And He wants us to begin to uh, co-labor with Him to see that kingdom released. That's why He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. See, He wants us to become kings and priests in Him. See, He's he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. How many of you here want to be a, a king or a queen in God's kingdom? Some of you, when I say that, you go, huh? See, God wants to take the way we look at ourselves and the way that we perceive who we are in him and begin to give us if you would an increase of of revelation and and, and an increase of confidence because god's not called you to live lowly and you know in the dirt you know some people they think to walk humble means you're poor and you know you never ask anybody for anything because you don't need anything no that's that's total deception that's poverty (laughs) see have you ever met a poor king And I'm not talking about finances. I'm saying in everything. Kings are noble. They're uh, Kings, uh, you know, kings, they they walk in royalty. They walk in an understanding of who they are. And when people look at them, man, there's an authority. See, God wants to give that to his children. And this whole justice aspect is part of that release. And what it is that I'm going after is this, is where has the devil attacked your life? Where has the devil attacked your life? Because you're not in a system of this world. You're in a system of God's kingdom. So that means this, that the natural laws and the natural things of this world bow to what? The supernatural kingdom of your Father. See, I want you to understand something. Just like the laws and the natural are set, right? How many know the law of gravity is set? If I jump off the top of this building and I willingly do it, I'll probably break my legs and I'm an idiot, right? Why? Because I know that the law of gravity is set. You're going to go down. Why? It's set. Well, just like that, the laws and principles of God's kingdom are set. And what we need to do is renew our mind to those laws that, uh, so that we can begin to operate in them without even having to think about it. See, just like we know if we jump off the stage, the law of gravity says, I'm going to hit the ground. Uh, see, God wants you to uh, understand that when the devil attacks your life and he afflicts you or it comes against your family, it, just like I'm going to hit the ground if I jump, if I call out to my father and ask for justice, he's going to give it to me. And, and I'm excited about that. Woo! Heaven invading earth. See, and, and, and here's what here's what we got to do. In Proverbs 6, 30 and 31, it says this. It talks about when the canker worm or when the, the enemy or the thief is caught in the very act of stealing from God's people, it says sevenfold justice must be rendered to them. But it doesn't come if you don't ask. How many how you know that the 9-11 incident in America was a terrible, terrible disaster? I mean, so many people died, and I want you to understand something. Did you know that a lot of people don't know this, but the government actually in America, they offered a settlement of 1.3 million dollars to anybody that had a family member that like a, a direct family member um, that that died in that incident. but in order for them to get the finances, they had to first understand that the government was offering that, and second, they had to pay, they had to fill out their paperwork. And you know what? Not everybody got that settlement because it wasn't like the government with the horn was gone. We're giving away one point three million (laughs) dollars. See, but the ones that actually said, you know what? Like this is an injustice. Like what are you going to do for me? And they started to go to the courts and say this. uh, This is an injustice. They said, "Okay, okay, just settle down. We're going to give you the one point three million to just just come on. And, and, And there was there was. Thousands of others that didn't get a dime because the way the government did it is that in their clause they gave a certain time for people to make this claim. See, I want you to understand something. How many of you know that if there's an injustice in our life, we want to be able to claim. We want to be able to grab a hold of what is available to us to bring recompensement. And you know what? There's some of those people, I mean, you cannot replace a life with $1.3 million. You can't. But at least it did something for the family. You know? If the father perished in that, that at least the family can have a home and a place. And and see, I want you to understand something. This is an earthly system. How much better is the the father's system in heaven? You see, for some of us, we just get beat up and beat up, and we take too much from the enemy. And what God wants us to do is recognize our rights as citizens of heaven. Oh, Jesus. He wants us to recognize our rights. The book of Ephesians says that you're seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. There's scriptures where Paul said that we are citizens of heaven and not of this earth. I want you to get that. When you're born again, you're born again into a kingdom, not into a church. Even though church is a vehicle to teach you about the kingdom. Even though church is necessary. I I love local church. We have to have it. And God gives gifts like pastors and uh, you know, apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and they're to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry and they're to watch after the, the people of God and help them move forward in their relationships with God and they're to be an example to the body of Christ of how much God they can have in their life if they'll just mature and press into God. But at the same time the church is also part of a kingdom. Doesn't matter what denomination, doesn't matter what You may be affiliated with, we're all a part of Jesus Christ's kingdom. We're all part of the Father's kingdom. And in that that understanding that we all have the rights as legal citizens and those that are heirs to that kingdom, and we can make a demand on those things now on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Jesus. You see, what God wants to do is God wants us to begin to hold the devil accountable for his attacks. See, because the reality is, if he's a thief and he's a liar and he comes to still kill and destroy, the reality is, if he, if he starts to do that in your life, if you cry out to your father who's good, he'll give you justice for those attacks. See, but the problem is most of us, we don't cry out. We just go, God, why don't you love me enough? You protect me from this. The Bible says he's a thief. The Bible says he comes to kill and destroy. And you see, what we don't understand is God's so good that if we'll cry out to him, not only will he bless us a little bit, he'll bless us so much. Something's been taken from you seven times. What's been taken will be released back. Oh, Jesus. See, God's about to raise up an army that whenever the devil attacks them, he's going to get knocked back seven feet. He's going to go, that didn't work out too good. <laughs> then he'll come and he'll attack again, and pooh! he gets hit again. Seven more feet back. And what happens is the church starts to take ground with every attack the enemy brings. And we begin to become powerful, and we begin to be dread champions. And what the devil goes, is he goes, man, it's just like Jesus. He comes and he tempts Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days, 40 nights. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's quoting scripture at him. He's quoting the word at him. He's releasing the things of the spirit at him. And eventually, the devil gets tired and goes, man, I can't mess with you. I'm going to come back in an opportune time. I'm out. See, that's the victorious life in Christ that God has for us to live and has for us to walk out. But so many of us don't get there because we bought into the deception and the lie, the ploy of the enemy, and that's this, that the Father doesn't really love us the way the Word of God says. See, that's the major ploy that the devil wants to bring in this hour to the church and to to his people. He wants to taint the goodness of God. He wants to taint the love of God. He wants to come and he wants to deceive us and make us think that God the Father doesn't really care and doesn't want to help us in our situations. How does that happen? Sometimes it could happen by sickness, disease. I mean, you know, one of the areas God wants to release justice is in relationship, the the ring. And you know, how, many's ever, how many of you have ever had a family member die from sickness? See, so look, that's a lot of people in the room. I want you to understand something. That is an attack from the devil. It's not God allowing people to learn lessons through that because he's not like that. He's a good father. And you know, I'm telling you, I remember a time in my own life when the, the enemy came and he tried to he tried to you know deceive me and and tried to derail me of of understanding my father's goodness and love i was a young christian and and you know i was praying for the sick i mean i had faith i mean we see miracles all the time and and my grandmother gets cancer in her kidneys and you know what we totally prayed and prayed and prayed and she ended up passing away and i remember when she passed away i was so mad you know cuz it's like i've seen people healed we we know god does this stuff and here's my grandmother dies you know 66 years old totally premature and, and my family is like, well, where's God at now? You know, the ones that aren't saved. And, and it's like, how I many know that is a tough situation? And, and you know what you have to do? You have to look in the mirror and go, do, do I believe in what God says anymore? Or is this situation, is my eyes going to be so fixed on the situation it robs me of my faith? And, and I remember the temptation that the devil tried to bring to me. I remember when my grandmother died and I remember the devil go, see, God doesn't really love you. Look what happened to her. If he loved you, He would have healed her. And I remember hearing that voice. And I remember going, no, I rebuke you, devil. Because I made a decision. I said, God, I don't fully understand why this happened. But I choose to believe your word. And I choose to believe you're good, God. (laughs) And not only that you're good, but you're good all the time. And I, I, I said, God, I refuse to allow this circumstance to cause me to doubt in your love. See, that's what the devil wants. So he wants things like that that are a total attack. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. The Bible gives us that example out of John 10.10. 10. That's what he does. What it says is this, is he crosses the line on purpose. But you know what he does? He's a legalist. The devil is a legalist. He sees what he can get away with. He really does. And if he can get away with something, he'll get away with it. Because you let him get away with it. And I'll tell you, my grandmother died and I said to God, I said, I don't understand, baby, I'll understand some other day, you know, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop believing in your goodness and love. And, and I just rebuked that. And you know what? The Lord began to teach me about justice in a couple of years after that. And I began to realize, wait a minute. Not only am I not gonna allow this attack to stop my understanding of your love, but I'm actually gonna ask you, God, to recompense me for what happened. And I began to say, you know what, God, that was an attack against my family. That was an attack against my, uh, my faith. And I said, God, I want justice for my grandmother that died from cancer. And I said, Lord, for the rest of my life, I want an anointing to destroy cancer. And I said, Lord, I want her life to be a seed that goes into the ground and, and, and that, that blesses many. And you know, one of the number one miracles we see all over the world is cancer being instantly healed. We've seen over 30 cases of cancer instantly healed. Probably more by now. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of, um, we go to nations and and people are are terminally ill. We pray for them. They get totally restored. I mean, we were just in, you know, we just saw a woman that had, um, she had stage 4 breast cancer. And we were in Wichita, Kansas. And we ended up praying for her. And that next week she went to go to chemotherapy. And she felt good instantly after we prayed. But she went and they couldn't find cancer anymore. See, what we need to do is we need to stop pointing our finger at God and point the finger at the person it should be pointed at. It's the devil. And what we should do is we need to go, God, this is an injustice. That is something that has been stolen from me. And I demand right now, Father, for the justice of your kingdom to come. We need to become like the woman you know that Jesus talked about, the persistent widow that Jesus talked about. You know, he told a parable and, and, and he began to talk about this widow that, you know, she cried out day and night to an unjust judge. And the Bible says that at first he would not give her justice, but he wouldn't leave her alone. He, or she wouldn't leave him alone. She just kept crying out and crying out. And, and, and next thing you know, this judge who did not fear God nor man, he says to this woman, he says, Okay, I'm going to give you justice. least you weary me. You won't stop. And Jesus starts talking about persistence in prayer. He says, when men pray, they ought not give up. And then he tells this parable. And then at the end of it, he says this. He says, "He says, if this unjust judge who does not fear God nor fear man would give justice to this woman that wouldn't stop crying out, how much more would your Father in heaven give justice to those who are his own elect who he loves? See, I want you to understand something. God wants to wreck your life. He wants to come in His love and His kingdom and He wants to grant justice to you. But we have to begin to be like that persistent widow and cry out. And you know what's amazing is at the end of that scripture, this is what Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes back on the earth, will He find faith? You want to know why I believe He said that? Because I believe Jesus knew that in the end days there would be mass deception. There would be weak doctrine of Scripture. There would be weak understanding when it comes to the reality of of, of God the Father and who He is. And the devil knew the, God knew that the devil would come and He would try to deceive many of the love of God. And because of their understanding and not realizing God's love for them, what would happen is that many their 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 faith would grow cold. Their love would grow cold. And and what would happen is people would blame God for the things that the devil did instead of blaming the devil for what he did and asking God for justice. See, and today, God wants you to ask God for justice for things in your life that have been stolen. Oh. He wants you to become like this persistent widow and to begin to see things from the right perspective. And that's this, to be persistent. What has the devil stolen from you? Is it finances? Because one of the things he showed me was a wallet. I'm telling you, God wants to restore finances that have been stolen. Did you know that there's an attack against God's people? (laughs) I mean, no, the devil does not want you to have finances because if you have finances, you'll use them for the kingdom of God. So what does he do? It, it, when you get a prophetic word, you're going to have the finances of the kingdom. He's like, Haha, we're going to see about this. Right? But you know what God wants? He wants that to be fuel for the finances to actually come in. Lord, look what this devil's doing to my finances right now. i ask you for justice. And then all of a sudden, angels get released. <laughs> see, I'm breaking some mindsets this morning. All of a sudden, you know, provision gets released and it overtakes you. And the devil goes, man, I didn't see that coming. He goes, that did not work. And then he tries to attack again. then more finances come. Because why? You're operating out of kingdom principles. They're not of this world. I don't care what the economy of this world looks like. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. You know, and I'm not taking up an offering. (laughs) I'm bringing revelation to you so that your mind will be renewed and you'll understand. Because some of us in this place, we go, I don't get this sowing and reaping stuff and all this finance thing. I mean, my my finances are so attacked right now, I ain't giving nothing. You know what? You're looking in the natural realm, not in the kingdom realm. See, here's how faith operates. I want you to understand something. Faith is anchored in the unseen realm. The kingdom of God is anchored in the unseen realm. How many know that Jesus wants heaven to invade earth? How many know Jesus is the Lord of hosts? How many know that the hosts are where? In the unseen realm. How many know God wants us to have eyes to see what the Word of God says about our situation but not think earthly-minded but heavenly-minded? And you see, I'm telling you, here's how doubt and faith differ. Here's how they differ. One has hope in what God's Word says and what God's provision is in the unnatural. The other has no hope. Why do you think the Bible says there are people that have hope deferred and it makes the heart sick? And what that really means is this, is that when you have no hope that God will do what he says he'll do out of the word and you're so fixed on natural circumstances, that's called doubt and lack of faith. See, faith is this. It's not, you don't have to have perfect faith. You know, I I mean, we'd be crazy to think we have perfect faith, but this is what faith is. Hebrews 11, you know, one, it says now faith is a substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not yet seen. See, there's a, there's a description there, and that's this, is it doesn't matter what your circumstance looks like, See, in the natural, if you put your hope in Christ, who is supernatural. And you put your hope in, with that unseen realm, and, 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 and you don't allow the, the enemy to steal that hope. See, hope is the most precious thing. See, uh, you getting what I'm saying? God wants us to begin to put our hope in God's goodness and His love and His justice. I mean, the finance thing, I'm just throwing that out there because I feel like God, one of the things God wants to do is He wants to prosper people in this place. But the devil wants to bring fear so that we'll go, no. Don't look to the natural, look to the supernatural. You've got a good father. You know, the wallet. God wants to take care of you financially. God wants to, what else is in your wallet? Identity cards. Has the devil stole your identity? For some of us, we used to be on fire. We used to believe God for, you know what I mean, the supernatural and these things. And it's like, man, even through just years in the church, we let go of some of that because we just gotten religious. We got, you know, the enemy came and he 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 stole our hope because we haven't seen the promises like we thought would come and happen. And, and, and what's happening is God wants to take what the enemy has stolen from you. and he wants to bless you. I'm telling you, one of the words that God's given me for this message and with this justice realm is this, is that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. See, how many of you know that we're always fixed on time, aren't we? And I want you to understand something. God wants to give justice. One of the things I saw was a a watch. God wants to give justice to us for time the devil's stolen. Who feels ripped off? Like, I'll tell you, I got saved at 23 years old and and my whole teen years, you know, from 13 years old to 23, I was addicted to drugs. I smoked dope. I drank alcohol. I was fighting all the time. I mean, just, I live a crazy lifestyle. And when I got saved, I remember I, I, I was walking around not in hope, but condemnation. I was like, man, I wasted away my younger years if I could just get them back. And that was like my mindset. And then one day the Lord whacked me. And, he, you know, I was like, I was even in the place where sometimes I'm like, God, forgive me for what I did back then, you know. And one day the Holy Spirit goes, what are you talking about? I'm talking about all the stuff I did. What are you talking about? And the Lord gave me the scripture as far as the east is from the west. God forgives you of your sin and he remembers it no more. And the Lord said, the Father doesn't know what you're talking about. You're the only one that knows what you're talking what, what are you talking about? He said, Jeremy, you need to let go of your past and embrace your future. He said, the past is holding you back. And I I began to realize, like, wow, this is amazing. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is past and the new has come. I mean, we got to get this. Oh, Jesus. You know, what's amazing when I recognized that. I went, you know what, God? 13 through 23 was stolen from me by the devil. And you know what? I'm not going to allow the condemnation of that to mess with me anymore. Some of you need to hear this. You know, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation comes from the the pits of hell. It comes from the devil to try to stop you in your faith. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. We know when we're doing something we shouldn't do. But, you know, once you repent once and you really mean it in your heart, you ain't got to be like, oh God, forgive me for what I did last week. See, these are all little things the enemy tries to do and 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 so here uh, when i recognized this i went wow and i began to learn about this justice i said you know what god i feel like i've wasted away my life i want justice for that lord where i was deceived and drinking and doing all these things uh, where the enemy's been trying to beat me up with this stuff i ask you for justice for that stuff that he did and where i was deceived and ask for seven times bless you know seven times uh, joy seven times favor seven times life in you god and I said, God, where the enemy stole my younger years, I want to use the rest of my life to glorify your name. And you know what's amazing? Is after I got this revelation, the next seven years after that, I went to 37 nations. We've seen over 50,000 decisions for Christ. We've, we've preached the gospel all over the world. We've seen signs and wonders and miracles. And you know what? My life has been so much greater in these latter years than whatever I lost then. And God wants that to be your testimony too. I mean, I'm telling you, what is it? If you've had attacks against your business and it's like, man, I just want to give up, but I know God spoke this and it's like everything's gone wrong, just begin to believe right now that the glory of the next 10 years is going to be far greater than the glory or the gory that some of us have experienced of the past. And see, what we need, though, is we need to grab a hold of these principles. I'm almost done here. We need to grab a hold of justice and we need to say, God, what is in my life right now that is unjust? I ask you for justice. It's not limited to the watch, the ring, and the wall. Those are just areas that God was highlighting to me that he wants to release to his, his people. See, the reality is this. God is raising up an army right now for his kingdom. He's, he's raising up an army that are going to uh, take the things of this earth and they're going to make them the, the things of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. ha, <laughs> ha. But in order for us to do that, we've got to see things from the right perspective and we've got to be empowered, friends. See, and the greatest empowerment for some of us is going to be this issue of justice. Because here's the thing the devil is who he says he is, or who God says he is. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to attack, he's going to kill, he's going to destroy. That's what he does. But you know what? If we don't if we see clearly, we, we can actually push him out. We can push him back because when he attacks, pop you hit him back and he goes flying back. Too many of us just beat up, you know, and we come to church and we're like, pray for me. I can't even see my eye, you know. No, God wants, you know, God wants us to be in a place where if the devil hits me, you know, if the devil hits us, it's like, you're going to pay now. You know what? Not only do I get to hit you back, but I get seven souls coming to the kingdom, God. Lord, I ask right now for seven souls to come into the kingdom. And you know what? We we began to make demands like that. All of a sudden, family members start getting saved. I did that. You know, when I got this revelation, I started started saying, this is about a year and a half ago, I said, God, the devil, uh, you know, I've lost some of my greatest friends from high school that weren't saved. You know, like, as soon as I got saved, they were like, see ya, you know. And I began to go, God, I want justice for that. They were friends. I want justice for that, Lord, and I want lives to come in the kingdom. I started getting emails and Facebook messages. Hey, man... How you doing? Some of my best friends from high school are like, just want to let you know, man, I got saved last week. You know, and I, I had at least two of these this last year, and I was like, this is amazing. But you know what I did? I added them to my list. Some of us need to make a list in this place. Some of you have a list the size, you know, some of you have, have this, this list that's so big, we need a forklift to bring it in and to drop it off. Of things the enemy has done to you. And I'm telling you, instead of just sitting around, moping around, acting like a victim. And you know, God doesn't love me. We need to just say, no, this is an injustice. God, you love me so much, I want justice. And begin to cry out to him. And watch as God begins to, if you would, like what Phil was talking about. He'll put a robe on your feet. He'll put a a robe on your your body. He'll put sandals on your feet. A ring in your finger. Oh, Jesus. Why did that other son go, why did, why did he come and say, this isn't fair, God, you never did this for me? Because he didn't understand his father's love. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> why is it sometimes the worst of the worst gets saved and it's like they're born right into glory and everything connects? Because God is trying to make us jealous so that we understand his great love. Those that have been in the church for so long that they've, you know, they, they've lost that understanding. See, I'm excited though, because in this place, God's going to release justice this morning. Woo! This is a love revolution conference, and this is part of it, and part of that revolution is understanding that God is for you and not against you. See, who's got something to claim in the courtroom of heaven? Oh, Jesus. I want you to stand your feet with me. If I could get someone to come up on the keyboard for me. You know... I've got a book here, it's called Burning Ones, calling forth a generation of dread champions. And it's all about what I'm talking about, an army that God is raising up by the principles of justice. So if you really want some more understanding of what I'm talking about in a deeper way, you could get the book back there because it would take me hours to preach it all. But the reality is this, God is releasing revelation knowledge in this season that's unlocking things for the church. And God wants us to live an abundant life that causes people around us to wonder at the love and the goodness of our Father. You see, that's the thing that the devil fears the most. It's because when the children of God, when they believe in God's love and they believe in God's love for them and when when the tangible evidence of God's favor and life is seen in their lives, I'm telling you, people can't help but come to Christ. See, I love miracles and I love healing and I love signs and wonders. And those are great tools to get the love of God to people. And you know what? We're going to release healing this morning. But did you know the greatest, the greatest witness of God's love is His favor in your life, His anointing in your life, His His joy in your life? It's when people see you, and they come into contact with you, and they go, wow, there is a supernatural peace about you. Even when things go wrong, you still have joy. You know, even when things go wrong, and not only that, when things go wrong, they get better for you. Where in the world, people get pushed into the hole, and it's like they just want to die. See, that's, that, God wants to give us a love this morning. It goes so far beyond just what we've experienced. God wants to revolutionize our idea of love. And for some of you in this place, if you've lost a loved one to sickness and disease, you need to cry out for justice. There's a feud here today that right now God wants to give you your faith back. You allowed a circumstance in the natural to hijack your faith in the supernatural. Today there's an answer for you. The devil's a thief. You don't have to take it anymore. What you need to do is just ask God for justice. And you know what? I'm telling you, ask Him for an anointing to destroy. Sickness and disease and pain and torment. Ask Him for favor to, uh, to, to do the things of His kingdom. I mean, whatever attack it is that's come against you, I'm telling you, make a demand this morning. Seven times. Ask for souls to come in the kingdom. You need finances to do stuff. You need to go to the nations and preach the gospel. And there's people in this room right now. God's called you to missions. He's called you to go to the nations and preach the gospel. And what's stopping you? Finances. Ask God right now for justice. For the areas where there is no provision, do what you're called to do. And watch as He provides supernaturally on your behalf. Oh, Jesus. If you feel like you've lost time, feel like the devil's stolen time now is your time to step into a greater anointing than ever before the glory of the latter house being greater than the former oh just raise your hands father i thank you for your sons and daughters this morning and i thank you for the justice of your spirit lord i thank you that you're the king of glory and the lord of hosts but you're also the god of justice And Lord, today we decree justice over this church, Lord God. Over your people, Lord. And Lord, right now we release your kingdom in this house, God. And we declare that heaven is at hand. Lord, we declare the angels of heaven to be released on our behalf. Just real quickly, I want you just to... Ask God for justice. If there's an area that's been highlighted this morning, if there's something that's coming up in your heart right now where you know the enemy's stolen something, I want you right now to just say, Lord, I ask you for justice for this in my life. And I ask you for sevenfold justice. And you know what? Now is the time to understand something. God wants you to ask big, not little. Seven times. What's he stolen from you? Is it a a friend, a family member? Ask for souls. In fact, this is what I would tell you guys and encourage you to do. Some of you over this next week, you need to get a pad of paper out and you need to write down the attacks that have come against you. Come against your family, even in the past. And you need to take those those, that pad of paper out. and, And over this next month, commit to praying and asking God for justice for those things that have been an attack against your life. And ask Him for sevenfold. And when you make a demand for sevenfold, make it make it very specific. What, what do you want in God? More of His anointing? Ask for that. Do you want to see in the Spirit? You want to hear in the Spirit? Ask for that. You want revelation of His Word? Ask for that. You need finances to do the things He's called you to do and to provide for your family? Ask for that. Do you want family members and lost people that you know to get saved? Ask for that. So we need to ask seven times. Oh. oh, Lord, right now I just decree over bodies. If you need a miracle here this morning, just raise your hands. Lord, we just release your miracle power in this place. And we decree healing over people in Jesus' name. Lord, we decree justice right now. We declare that every torment and every attack of the enemy that is, uh, is afflicting people's bodies, we decree right now for that power to be broken in the name of Jesus. And we release sevenfold life and sevenfold favor, sevenfold health in Jesus' name. Hall, oh, right now we speak to back pain in people's bodies. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I'm seeing God touching backs right now. If you've got issues in your back, begin to move them around. Check them out. Oh, right now, the power of God is touching your back. Pain is being released. Right now, in hands, I see arthritis in the hands. If that's you, just move your hands around. Shake your hands right now. Watch as the power of God removes that pain. Be released in Jesus' name. Oh, right now, lungs are being touched. Someone with an asthmatic problem in their lungs. The power of God is touching you. In Jesus' name, be healed. Right now, somebody's left shoulder's being healed. If that's you, just start moving around. Check it out right now as God's touching you. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh. In fact, put your hand on the part of your body that needs a miracle right now. Just put your hand on it. Some of you are going to be healed right now as I say this. It's a sign of God's justice. Right now, I command every trace of sickness, of disease and pain to be released in the name of Jesus. We release miracle power in this room. Pain, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Pain, lift right now. Now all over this place, start to move your bodies around. Start to check yourself out. We're we're almost done here. One more minute. Just check right now. See, See if the pain's gone. Who feels the pain's gone? Just lift your hand up. Feel the pain's gone. Lift your hand up like this. Thank you, Jesus. Who else? Thank you, Jesus. I see that. Who else? There's three people now. Thank you, Lord. Here, real quickly, you three, come here. Come here. Come here, real quickly. If you just received a miracle, come up to the front, please. Back here, sir, come up to the front. Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap for this? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. There is no greater love than that of yours. We want the world to know. So we'll rise in selfless faith to live like Christ for all our day.